Yo, what's up, everybody? It's Rick. Welcome back to Big League Chicago. And the Bulls have moved to eight games in a row. They've won after, well, it wasn't the eighth game, but the seventh game to ring in the new year, the brand new fucking year. Uh, DeMar with the 22, with the New Year's Day play uh, buzzer beater. That was, it was the second one, second one in a row, man. That was, that was really cool to watch. That was really cool to watch. Um, it was it was a fucking awesome, awesome play. Um, but let's talk about how they got their eighth win in a row first. Then we'll kind of go back to the, uh, to the, the, the buzzer beater, the second buzzer beater in a row. So they moved eight wins in a row uh, after they beat the Magic 120 to 119. And yeah, well, they, they, they beat them 120 to 119, another rough looking game. Um, the magic started off that first quarter, man, 11 to two, that first quarter, they started on 11 and two run, which was ridiculous watching that game. You know, it's like the magic aren't that good of a team. Like, why are they, you know, why are they struggling, especially like off the fucking jump like that? You know what I mean? Like against them to, to go, to be down 11 and two in the first quarter within the first few minutes is like, I don't know. I was just kind of stunned. I was like, what the, I was like, what the fuck? They just, they just like they're about to lose their streak, right? I mean, it's still the first quarter. It's still early, but you know, just like as a bulls fan, you're like, shit, what the hell's going on? Right. So basically neck and neck the entire game. And, uh, the three pointers, man, were rough in this game, um, from everybody. I mean, I think they went for like, I think they went 10 and 20, 10 for 27, something like that. They were like way below 50%, uh, for the entire bulls team. You know, it was like watching even Kobe white, watching Kobe white, like try to, Shoot a three, miss. I was like, God damn it. Zach Levine, three, miss. God damn it, you know. And then, um, you know, they kind of just kept it up with their mid-range game. And this is – it's kind of an example. Like I heard this earlier. I forgot who was talking about it. Maybe it was like on ESPN or something like that. Maybe it was the post-game show, the the, the NBC Chicago uh, post-game show. They were talking about it. They're like, you know, for for a league that, that really relies on the three, you know, in the past – however many years, you know, it became a really three, an offensive three game, three point game. Um, you know, the bulls are, are, are winning it with their, their mid range shots and their, their layups and their dunks, you know, because, you know, it's put aside right now, those, uh, those, um, buzzer beater threes by DeMar 16, 17 footer goes right in for him. And I mean, kind of like the entire team really like Zach Levine, that's kind of his game. Like he's definitely, he's definitely a guy you want to go to for a three pointer. You know, if you want to kind of get, get a, get a spark or something like Zach Levine's definitely the guy Kobe white is, is I've recently been the guy too for that. But you know, like again, for a league that has become really dependent on the three and this is how you're winning games now, like they are winning games with this mid range game. And it's just great to see. And especially on a night when, when the three pointer is definitely when it's definitely not working. Um, it's good to know that they're like, they're still, they're, they can still kind of come into these games or during the games, you know, not come into the games, but during the games, basically adjust, basically get these, these, uh, these buckets that they need um, to kind of just to win the game. And especially when it's a rough game against the magic. So another thing, well, so kind of just going over the game, right? Like there were some defensive stops um, that really helped the bulls in the fourth quarter. And it didn't hurt that they scored 33. They outscored uh, the magic 33 to 31, I believe something like that. And defensive stops came in clutch. 
Um, and the free throw shooting did come in clutch as well. Uh, there at like the last minute, last 10, 15 seconds or so. But the, the guy who was struggling a lot from the free throw line was definitely DeMar. Looked really, really rough. We'll go into the stats here in a bit, but he was maybe like 50% from the line. And even after the game, right? Like after the game, it ended after they had finally beat the Magic. He stayed and shot like, I don't know how many more from the free throw line. I think I think they said something like 250 or something like that. Or maybe it was more, I don't know, but he shot a lot. Like there was video of him kind of just like, shooting these shooting these free throws just improving from his really terrible showing during the game and that's really great to see from that guy 32 years old i don't know how many years he's been in the league already like 10 plus year veteran and he's you know after even after hitting these these buzzer beater threes he's still staying after the game like that's a real uh fucking kobe mentality like from what I've read from Kobe and what he's always, what he was always preaching, you know, RIP. Um, it was him just working, continually working to get better. And that was, that's DeMar right now, man. He, after the game, after a tough game where, I mean, the entire team looked rough, not just him, right? Like the entire team looked rough. He still stayed after in full uniform, fucking shooting these, these free throws and just like working on it because he's like, I, I'm tired of, well, not I'm tired of, of continuously doing this, but he, he got a shitty fucking free throw game and he was working on it. I don't know how many he made. I don't know if there's any like specifics on that, but just to see a veteran guy, one of the leaders on the team stay back and do that because he, even he knew like, I got to improve this shit because this shit is not going to fly with me. You know, he was disappointed in himself um, and just his production overall during the game. So really great to see from Lamar really just really fucking awesome man like it, it was it was awesome to see him do that uh and yeah let's kind of go over the stats here from this game so uh, as far as the starters we had rosen jones jr vooch ball lonzo ball finally came back and zach levine uh DeRozan with 29 points jones derrick jones with uh seven vooch with 13 points 17 rebounds another double double for vooch Lonzo Ball only with three points, but when you look at his defense uh, during the game, he was he was doing really well on defense, um, and he and he had uh, seven rebounds, seven assists, three steals, and I just <laughs> there was one play I forgot who oh man who was it was it Franz Wagner from for the Magic I don't know what it was I think it was like on a break breakaway for the Magic, and they 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 brought it up court kind of like fell back a little bit, decided to get in like to in position. And you just see Zoe just fucking run across from like one end of the court to the other end of the court, maybe like tripped up or was out of bounds or something. I forget, but he just fucking zoomed in like on the screen. I'm watching it. I'm like, what the fuck? Like he was like a goddamn lightning ball. Like it was that quick that he came in and I was like, damn, it's great to have him back. You know what I mean? It's great to have uh Lonzo ball back because his defense is just, is just great. So three points, but again, on his defensive, you know, just him and his defense is great in the game and it does a lot. Then we had Zach Levine with 27 points. So another game where DeMar and Zach are going 20 plus points. Um, and it's, man, it's just, man, the one, two punch from them is amazing, you know, and I can't say enough about these fucking guys. Like it's, 
you've seen the memes, Jordan and Pippin, you know, these are, this is the Jordan, this is the Pippin, who's who doesn't matter. Um, it just, it just feels like such a Jordan and Pippin. Um, um, what is it? What's, what's the fucking word Jordan and Pippin like relationship going on. And it's just awesome to see, man. And then off the bench, we had Kobe way with 17 points. Yes. He had two rebounds, two assists and one block. And, Double digits again for Kobe White. You know, there's not there's not really much you can say. Uh, Kobe White is definitely just has just improved a tremendous amount. Um, kind of since that game where he wasn't doing too hot defensively against Trey Young. You know, it was kind of like towards the beginning of this uh, the 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 win streak really, where it almost seemed like he knew like fuck man, like Ao's doing better than I am. They're kind of relying on him more. Um, as a, as a, as a guard for the bulls. So he's kind of stepped it up and that's great to see from him too. Cause again, you know, once we draft, once the bulls drafted him, I was like, Oh, this guy's going to be future guard, this and that. But you know, AO's kind of come in and done his thing. Um, although he only had three points off the bench, AO did, um, this game against the magic. So nothing too impressive there, but again, you know, like these, these guys have their, to have their time, have their games. When, when you've got Demar, Zach, and Vooch doing the things they're supposed to do, you know, double-digit points, double doubles. Like you're just kind of helping. You're just supplementing the entire team at that point. And you're gonna have your games where you shine, right? Like Kobe White had the last couple games before this or so, where he was 20 plus points, playing good defense, shooting the three. Ao is had like three, four, five games this season where it's just, he looks amazing. You know, he, he contributes uh, a lot, you know, double digit, double digit nights, really lockdown defense on Trey young, for example. So, you know, these guys are going to have really good games and, and that's, that's what we expect, right? The big three of the starters in the, you know, the, the big three of the starters to do what they're supposed to do is put up those big numbers. And then the other guys coming off the bench to supplement kind of like, you know, bench mob 2.0. So let's do that. And then, and then, yeah, and then it's just going to be a championship team. We're going to win the fucking NBA championship. No big deal. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so let's move on to the uh, to the Washington Wizards game where DeMar hit the New Year's Day play, buzzer beating three again. Um, so it was, it was in the fourth. Obviously, it was in the fourth quarter, right? Um, another tight game with the Wizards um, with Beal and uh, – Kuzma surprisingly going off. I think Kuzma has been good this year. I don't really know, but DeMar, another buzzer beater. And this came after Kuzma had hit a three pointer to go up 119, 117 with 3.3 seconds left to play. And so Bulls called a timeout. I don't, I think the play was to give it to Zach from the top of the arc. He kind of was, I, I, if I remember correctly, this happened a couple days ago. I don't really remember. Sorry. But I think he was in the paint, kind of came up to the top. They obviously, you know, they try to make the play where they get in the guy, where they get in the defender's way, try to give get get Zach that open look to with the inbound. Kobe White doesn't see him open. He's guarded really well. And even though DeMar is still kind of guarded there off on the uh the the corner for the corner three, he still is able to pass it to him, manages to get him the ball. DeMar takes it and he, I think, I think he was quoted saying like he wanted to make sure he was behind the line when he shot this. Um, so he's, he was, his feet were definitely behind the line. Uh, took a, took a fake 
you know, kind of pump faked first guy bit. And then I, I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was Beal or maybe some other defender was flying in as he was shooting the three. I almost thought I was like, this guy's going to block it. He was that close. Right. But luckily shot it goes in buzzer. They go crazy again for DeMar DeRozan. And he just, he hits the buzzer beater three, man. It was, uh, it was fucking great. Uh, he, DeMar is the first player. I read this first player to have back to back, uh, buzzer beating threes. And he hit one 2021, the other on 2022. So that was even cooler, man. Like that was really cool to, to fucking to experience, uh, Best quote of the night, though, was post-game interview with Zach Levine. Thank God we have DeMar DeRozan on our team, man. Um, just just a great game, uh, obviously, right? I mean, not not a great game because it took that buzzer beater three again to kind of win, but it's, man, like these games with the Bulls, like they're fucking awesome. And sure, you don't want to be biting your nails and fucking having a heart attack basically at the very the, the, the last five seconds of the game, but you know, it's just, it's, they're, they're on this eight game winning streak and it's exciting. And it kind of just like makes you believe in them more. Like they can do this every fucking night, right? Like, well, how do they have 10 losses? Um, it's just, it's just, it's just really cool, but I hope they kind of like start putting away these teams that, that are more, yeah, like put these, put these teams away. Like on paper, they, they, they should have these wins kind of sealed by the, last few minutes of the fourth quarter or something like that. It'd be great to have it like that, but you know, these fucking buzzer beater threes are also fucking are also fucking amazing to watch and really exciting, you know, basketball really. So let's go over the stats of this game. Again, the bulls beat the wizards 120 to 19 uh, starters were DeRozan Jones, Jr. Vooch, Kobe white, Zach Levine. This is before uh Lonzo ball came back. Uh, so this was uh this was the seven game win streak and then they beat the Magic and that became eight. That's when uh, Lonzo Ball came back. So Demar twenty eight points, almost thirty again. Hit that buzzer beater three, ten for twenty two field goals, uh, nine rebounds, five assists. Jones Jr. with only nine points, um, two blocks though. So you know as far as on the defensive end, Derek Jones Jr. is doing not too bad in place of Devonte Green, who we'll talk about a little bit later. We had Vooch with another double-double, 22 points, 12 rebounds, uh, one block, uh, and one assist. Then Kobe White with 20 points uh, as one of his two 20-point games, two rebounds, five assists, and then Zach Levine with 35 points in this game. He was was awesome in this game, 7 for 12 uh, from the three-point line, 11 for 22 overall, five rebounds, three assists. Like for 35 points, man, like that's awesome. The bench didn't really um, contribute too much uh, against the uh, the Wizards with uh, Brown Jr. only getting two points and AO only getting four points. Again, you know, these guys are going to have their times and they have had their games where they come in and they do these these awesome dunks, these these really clutch uh, defensive stops or shots. And, you know, it's just going to it's going to happen. But Zach Levine with 35 points, like he he basically kind of like had this team on his back, you know, especially during the last uh, couple quarters. Um, and, you know, he's just, he, him and DeMar, are like the guys to kind of like go into the fourth quarter of DeMar DeRozan's fourth quarter King. 
Zach Levine is just Zach Levine. Like there's just nothing, there's nothing else to say about these guys, but that was, that was a uh, game seven when they won the new year's day play for the uh, three point buzzer beater for DeMar. So they did, unfortunately for the bulls, they did have some guys come back. They did have a couple guys go out. So luckily we had coach, uh, Billy Donovan come back for uh, the game against the Magic after, uh, was it Chris Fleming? After assistant coach Fleming was uh, basically 5-0 and during pretty much in the middle of this win streak so far. Um, did a really good job with all the guys that he had. Um, but we've got uh, Billy Donovan back, got the coach back. We also brought back Lonzo Ball. Uh, he played against the Magic. Um, the guys we lost though, Javante Green and uh, Tyler Cook. So Javante Green is going to be out for two to four weeks. Uh, Strain groin. He was averaging six points, four rebounds, and was thirty six percent from the three point line uh, while he was starting. Obviously, before he went out, going to be replaced. Was will will be replaced with Derek Jones Jr. Um, Jones Jr. was in the lineup last couple games. He's been doing all right. Uh, but yeah, Javante Green, man, he's he's definitely a spark. Spark plug for the fucking team sometimes, man. Like he'll do some dunks. He'll get his, he'll get a couple threes in and it's just electric. Cause again, like how I was saying with these bench guys, or you know, in this case for Javante Green, who, who was a starter before he went out, you know, they 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 have their moments where tomorrow wants to play better. Kobe White wants to play better. Zach wants to play better. Vooch is like in the pain, just grabbing these things, right? So we're gonna miss Javante Green. And then Tyler Cook, who I believe was a uh either call up or a 10 day contract uh guy uh he's gonna be out several weeks apparently there was a very very significant ankle sprain that he suffered um i i was it against the wizards or was it against the fucking pacers i forget i think it was the pacers but pretty significant apparently from what reports are saying uh from what they were calling out um and yeah you know i mean he, he had a he had one about a game and a half that he was he was doing really well in um still gonna be missed you know after that really sick ass dunk uh, that we had posted on the crack one media, uh, Instagram page. So he's going to be out Javante green out. And then Alex Caruso actually might be back, uh, this game against the, uh, wizards, um, to where the, the bulls will hopefully continue their win streak, get into nine games against the wizards. So look out for Alex Caruso to come back. Um, I believe it was, they were trying to make sure his practices were going well. So if all goes well, He's going to come back against the Wizards. Going to be cool. It's going to be great to have him back um, coming off the bench, adding another spark uh, off the bench, bench mop 2.0. Let's go. And then, uh, I mean, the trade deadline isn't for about another month, right? But I feel like we got to kind of have to talk about this now. There's been talks or there's been reports that the Bulls definitely want Jeremy Grant, and that's understandable. They lost Patrick Williams. Just lost Javante Green. They need another big guy like that to, uh, you know, Vooch is doing a lot better. Um, so, so you know, maybe they can kind of keep this up without adding another big guy. But there's been there's definitely been reports of the Bulls front office talking to the Pistons about Jeremy Grant. And that kind of begs the question, right? Like, who will who will they give up? What will they give up to get this guy? As of late, Kobe White has been doing really well. His name has definitely been been one that's mentioned for trades. And you know, as like a fan, as as a fan, 
especially when a team is having this much success with the guys they have. Uh, you never, you're always like, no, they can do it, right? They can do it. They can win. They they can win championships. They could do a deep playoff run. This and that, right? We shouldn't trade this guy. Maybe we should stay silent at the trade deadline. But with Demar Derozan playing the way he is, Zach Levine playing the way he is, Vooch playing the way he is, we've got great defensive guys in Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso when he comes back, and Ao. Like what? It's just so tough, man. Like you, I almost would like. If they, if they traded Kobe, but man, I really like Kobe White, man. When they, when they, um, when they drafted him and and they had his, uh, they had his, uh, his like, uh, was his like his post draft interview, and he was like really happy that one of his other guys got got drafted. Um, I don't know, man. It was just such a cool, like that was like the first guy uh, I had been excited about that they had drafted, you know, for a while. Um, I was pretty excited about Wendell Carter, but not not as excited um, as Kobe White because I was like, all right, cool. They got Zach Levine. He's doing really well. Now they got a guard. And obviously this past offseason, they brought in Lonzo Ball. They brought in Alex Caruso. So it's a guard-heavy bench. It's a guard-heavy team. So they have to add this big guy, especially, again, after Javante Green goes down. I don't want them to trade Kobe White because he just as of late has been doing really well. But, again, it's a guard-heavy team. They need another big guy to take play to take the to take Patrick Williams place um and he might even come back during the playoffs right so that's you know it's just all these things kind of coming in but as a fan I just don't want them to trade Kobe White because he's been doing good I have basically watched him since they drafted him obviously the COVID years right we're a little rough but still man like I just I don't know man I just really want Kobe White to stay on the team and I want AO to stay on the team uh, but if that happens, right, they have to trade somebody. Are they trading Alex Caruso? Are they trading Lonzo Ball? Because there's really no other names on the team that are like trade worthy. It's really just Kobe White and Ao if they really want to risk that, right? Um, but I don't think they trade Ao. Right, he's still a rookie. He's got a high ceiling, absolutely, and he has shown flashes of like greatness, uh, even this season, right? So I don't know if a team is going to take a chance on Ao if they do. You know, maybe like use them as trade bait or whatever. But I, I 100% believe that teams will definitely want a three-year vet and Kobe white and how great he's done recently. Again, is just another, another thing to kind of like put out there like, Hey, he's, you know, 20 plus points. He's averaging this many points, whatever. Um, so yeah. And it's just, again, it's a tough thing to talk about because again, I don't want them to fucking <laughs> get rid of, uh, get rid of Kobe white. But again, you know, it's just, it's a business at, you know, it, we're in a win now situation. Uh, DeMar's 32 and luckily Zach Levine's only 26 right now, right? Like he's still got plenty of years left, but Ak isn't playing. Ak is not going to play this game. He doesn't give a shit, man. Like he came in and he fucking got rid of everybody and we were all happy. You know, he got rid of all these guys. Uh, he brought in DeMar, he brought in Lonzo ball, he brought in Alex Caruso. And so far it's been working. So, like, like it's just it's it's what he says goes for this 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 team now, and that's kind of how we have to go about it, right? So if he does trade Kobe White, uh, the February tenth trade deadline comes up and he's gone, you know he's gone. Uh, I don't really know how how like I'm already thinking of an NBA championship. I don't know how a ring works, like how many games, like if you have to be with that team for half the season, if you get traded at the trade deadline, whatever it is that works, right? I'm just imagining the Bulls win a fucking championship already. Uh, if he gets a ring, that'd be dope. 
Um, but yeah, you know, business decisions, Ack isn't playing. He wants to win now and we want to win now because we have been dying for a great basketball team since Rose, since Rose, Tibbs and Noah and all them. So I think we, you know, if, if he does end up trading Kobe White, um, we just got to take that man as fans as much as we, we don't like it. Uh, it's, it's something that needs to be done for a championship to come back to Chicago. And, you know, if it gets done, it gets done. And that's how, that's what we got to do, man. But I just don't want to see Kobe go, but you know, shit happens. I've got something for you. Moving on to the bears and their absolute fucking ass whooping of the giants and our, and and the bears, former quarterback of the future, Mike Glennon, former, former quarterback of the future. If you guys remember that, um, God, he, he really had a shitty game, man. Like turning it over stats were terrible, but we'll get into that later. Um, so they beat the giants bears, beat the giants 29 to three in their final home game. Awesome. Uh, it was man, it was an ass whooping, dude. <laughs> 29 and 3 was a fucking ass whooping. And it is Giants. Daniel Jones is out. Uh so Saquon was in the game. And uh yeah, man, they just fucking destroyed them. And you know, you knew it was kind of gonna be like a bad game for the Giants when fucking Travis Gibson strip sacked Glennon. First play of the game. Um, and then that led to one of uh one of two Mo- Montgomery touchdowns. So that was pretty cool. And then Tayshawn Gibson Sr intercepts Glennon the following fucking uh, offensive series for the Giants. Um, <laughs> so again, just like another fucking shitty showing. And I'm pretty sure Ryan Pace was up there like watching Glennon going like, God damn it. I gave him 70% of his fucking career money he's ever earned. Right. Like it was just, it's ridiculous. Like I just, if anybody remembers that, but, so anyway, Tayshawn Gibson Sr. intercepts that next possession. Uh, led to a Mooney touchdown, which was awesome. I think he had about 60. No, what do you have? He had like 70 yards or something like that. Um, receiving? I don't know. We'll go into we'll get into stats here in a bit. But defense was really huge in this game. Kept New York 251 total yards. Like what if like just to add to the ass whooping, not only did the score show it. But the total yard shut it, man. And then that was obviously highlighted by by Robert Quinn's 18th sack of the year to finally break Richard Dent's record of 17 and a half in a season. And he actually did it in 16 games, which is something that uh, um, Quinn said that was like something, one of his goals, right, to get it done in those those few games, you know. And I don't know if it was in the back of his mind, maybe halfway through the season, but Again, like from last episode when I was talking about it, I was like, man, it was crazy how this kind of came up, how it sprung up on me, but it really didn't because he was getting these one, two, three sacks a game. And obviously they were adding up to uh, 18 now on the year. Um, but yeah, he said it was something you wanted to do in 16 games, just like Richard Dent did back in 84. And Nagy did a really cool thing. He took a timeout right after that, able to let him celebrate, able to let the fans join in on him celebrating his uh, his – uh, record-breaking sack. He actually he actually stripped Glennon again too. So Glennon fumbled twice. Uh, it was recovered by Giants, but still really cool. And then and then Quinn had a really cool uh, celebration. He was basically like, 
like a DJ, right? Like spinning a record, scratching a record. Then he took the record off and broke it on his knee to break that record. <laughs> really cool shit. I saw an interview with him. Like he was just talking about it. He's like, yeah, man, it was just kind of like something off the top he thought about, which was really cool. And then uh, Richard Dent gave it, gave like a, he wasn't at the game, I guess. It would have been really cool if he was, like I said in the last episode, it would have been really cool if he was there to kind of just like, hey, you did it, man. Like, good job. But he did post a video with him and Jimbo Covert playing golf. Uh, and he, yeah, basically just like congratulate him, you know, Hey, thank Good job breaking my record. Uh, you know, just congratulating him. Uh, there was a reporters asking, uh, uh, Quinn, they're like, you think he was like happy about it? And he's like, ah, like, is anybody ever happy to, to have their record broken? I don't think so, but you know, he did it good for him. Spe- again, just especially after the shitty year he had last year. Um, just really cool to see him do that. Basically have a, a breakout year for the Bears defense, especially in a year that really didn't have too much. In a year that really didn't have too much to kind of root for. It's definitely something that Bears fans can kind of look at, you know, like, hey, the 21 season was cool because, you know, the dent, dense sack record was broken by fucking Robert Quinn. So just a couple of things to look forward to to look forward to or to look back on in this year. So let's go into the stats in that game. Again, 29 to three bears win. Andy Dalton was started for the, for the, uh, the bears this week after Nick full started last week. So Andy Dalton's hand was better. I believe it was his hand came in, completed 18 of 35, 173 yards, one touchdown, one interception for uh, rushing. David Montgomery had 22 carries for 64 yards Average of about three yards, two touchdowns, though. So that's kind of what you're looking at. Khalil Herbert had uh, two carries for nine yards. Nothing, nothing crazy. As far as receiving, uh, Darnell Mooney had seven receptions for 69 yards and that touchdown. Uh, so puts him at about 71 more yards. So he gets to 1,000. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Allen Robinson, four receptions for 35 yards. Cole Komet. Three for 25. Again, great to see Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, top three receivers there for the game. Uh, Demir Bird had one for 23. And Montgomery catching balls. I shouldn't say that. David (laughs) Montgomery catching balls, two for 17 on the game. And then on the defense, Roquan Smith, again, just imposing his will. Nine tackles, two tackles for loss. Um, We had Trev Skipson with the uh, two sacks, three tackles total. Uh, Keem Hicks with two tackles and then Robert Quinn with his sack record breaking sack. And then of course we had two interceptions on the, on the game, one from Tayshawn Gibson senior and one from Dion Bush and then kicking two for two field goals for Cairo Santos, who is just, is he's been great this year. There's really not much you can say about Cairo. It's just his stats, his stats say enough, uh, but yeah, Bears destroy the Giants 29-3 in their last home game um, for this year. And I don't think it's going to save Nagy's job. Uh, they've had two wins in a row. They're, one thing you can say is this team is definitely still playing for Nagy. Um, but yeah, man, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So the last final game will be at the Vikings at Minnesota. And the shitty thing... I don't even know if Kirk, I think her cousin's playing. He was, he was in COVID, COVID protocols last week, but 
The shitty thing is Fields has been cleared. He's going to be starting the game against the Vikings the last game. Um, after the last two games, he was out because of that ankle injury he sustained against the Vikings at home on that Monday night football game. Um, I don't know why. I got to say, man, I don't know why. Like, We wanted Justin Fields to start the, the, the beginning of the season. But now the the bears are six and 10. Um, like, yeah, I could, you know, walk pain free running a little bit too. Like that kind of worries me a little bit. Like, are you ready? Or are you just kind of like saying you're ready to kind of come in? Right. Like, obviously I have no idea. I'm not a professional football player. I played peewee football, but it's just fields is QB of the future. Just beat former QB of the future. Glennon. Like what? Like how? What else? What? What else do we need to get through? Fucking Nagy's head and not start him anymore, man. Like, I guess he wants to. He, you know, Justin Fields is a competitor again. I've said this before. He's a competitor. He wants to play this game. But you know, when he when he injured his ankle against the Vikings, man. Like, I pretty sure I had blogged about it. Or I had talked about it on the show. Like, why are we starting him? And for that reason, it, you know, it's for that reason that that. I I was a person who said don't start him anymore for the rest of the shit season. Um because he could have gotten he could have gotten hurt worse. You never know, right? And then there goes like there goes all hope for uh for the fucking for fucking Fields. There goes all hope for Fields, quarterback of the future, right? So I don't know why they're starting him again. I just hope this game it's in Minnesota. I just hope this game is a little bit more I guess a little softer. God, I don't want to say softer on fields. A little less of a pain in the ass for fields. So I don't know. I just I would prefer not him not to start, but I guess just Nagy's doing it, you know, last game. Pretty sure it's Nagy's last fucking game. Um but yeah, just uh I don't know. Will he beat the Vikings? Who knows? It was 17-9 last last time they played against them. Hopefully there's you know more than three fucking field goals scored by the Bears uh this game. And Fields does really well his last game out, uh, his last game of the season. You know, if he's going to play, then hopefully he does really well, three, four touchdowns here and there. Um, just uh, hopefully he doesn't, like, fuck up his ankle anymore or get, you know, another injury because then you have to go through a whole offseason. Where is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Things like that uh, for next year. Um, but a couple things to look forward to. Fields needs 130 more passing yards to get to 2,000 for the season. Not huge numbers, but, you know, He's only started, I believe this is 11th or 12th game he's going to start, something like that. Um, not huge numbers, but definitely a cool, you know, something to 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 strive for for him and something for us to look forward to um, for him to get, you know, just for this year that he didn't, that he only started 10, 11 games. And then Mooney just needs 71 more yards. Uh, like I said earlier, for 1,000 on the year, um, it'd be awesome if he got that, plus another touchdown just to add to his stats. Add to his confidence, add to his relationship with Fields. Another really cool thing, hopefully, to uh, to happen um, in this last game. And then definitely an end to the Nagy era after this game. I'm pretty, pretty positive. Pretty positive. And I did write down that I kind of wanted to reflect on that 2018 season. Uh, his first season as coach coach of the year uh, season for him. And that was just a great year, man. He had Mitch uh, as his quarterback. 
again, not, not a great, not the best quarterback, but you know, cool guy. And it was great. You know, we really thought we had him as our coach for the next decade, two decades, things like that. Right. Like I was definitely a guy like, fuck yeah, man, we got it. And I'm pretty sure I've said it on the show before, but God, how, how quickly time goes by. Uh, especially now, you know, when, when we see how fucking terrible he is. Um, and who knows, man, who knows what would happen if there was no double doink, if they actually won that game against the Eagles and maybe lost against, I forget who the Eagles played the, the, the week after that, the Rams or whoever it was. But man, that season was fucking amazing. Vic Fangio's defensive coordinator, Nagy was doing pretty well with the fucking offense. There was definitely some times where we were just kind of like, okay, this offense isn't working. Like, what the hell? And then there'd be the next week where fucking Trubisky was throwing for five touchdowns, ran for one, and we were up by like 35, 42 points, whatever, uh, by the end of the half against the Bucks before they were, you know, the Tom Brady Bucks. But it was just a great first year of Nagy's uh, tenure for the Bears. And then it just kind of went south, right? Like he came back next year. We thought we were going to be just as good, um, if not better. And, you know, didn't happen that way. Last three seasons or whatever have just been garbage. Um, the only thing we can do is look look forward from here. But it is nice to kind of just go back and be like, fuck, we were literally a field goal away. We were a kicker away. We had Cairo Santos, man. That, that game would have been fucking in the bag, right? But, you know, that's we've dealt with Nagy and his time is up. But he had a great first year, coach of the year again, 2018. And we really, we really had hope. But, you know, this game against the Vikings will be his last. And it also begs the question, you know, like how different is this team going to be next year, right? Um, Andy Dalton's going to be gone, pretty sure, unless – you know, we want to keep him around for Justin Fields' progression, have a really uh, a veteran presence at the quarterback position. Who knows about Nick Foles? I forget what his fucking contract looks like. I just know we're paying him too much money. I don't know if this was last season or if he is coming into next season. If so, probably keep him around for Justin Fields. Um, Darnell Mooney is going to be wide receiver number one. Allen Robinson is more than likely going to walk. Someone's going to offer him a lot more money or just a, just a contract in general, and he deserves – he definitely deserves a team that is going to utilize him more. That's going to treat him like a wide receiver one um, where he has a chance to win a championship. You know, he's 30 years old and something like that. He's, he's up there and you know, for as good as a wide receiver, he is man, just sure hands all the time. Like he definitely deserves to, to go somewhere like that. Max should be back next year to solidify the defense. We have Roquan. I forget. I just, for the life of me, I haven't even looked it up. Like sometimes I try to do prepping before the show and I just forget to always look at Robert Quinn's like contract status with the bears. I forget where he's going to be. And you know, Nagy's going to be gone. What other coaches are going to be gone? What coach are we hiring is another really important question for next year. I've heard rumblings of bringing fucking Harbaugh from Michigan. Um, you know, his times as a coach for the NFL wasn't bad. He had a winning record. He was in the NFC championship for two, three years. I think it was, um, did really well with Colin Kaepernick when he was still playing. Um, you know, 
played with, you know, had Alex Smith be quarterback and he's doing really well. Had a great defense so with San Francisco all those years. So is it a possibility? Yeah. I just don't know if he wants to, like, does he want to come back to the NFL? He just got off a bowl of a, off a playoff, um, of a playoff berth, college football playoff berth with Michigan. Um, he's bringing like, he brought a lot of swagger to that team, even though they had really shitty seasons before this, this season. Brought a lot of swag to that team. Had fucking Air Jordan uh, jerseys and shoes and shit like that. Like I don't know. I've, I'm I'm actually I do like Michigan. I like I'm a Michigan fan. Uh, love the University of Illinois, obviously, right? But I love. I guess in this order, I would probably say Notre Dame, Michigan, and then U of I. U of I when they're really good, they'll they'll be at my top for football. But yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know if if they're going to be able to get them out of Michigan. There's obviously a lot of other good candidates, but again. Will they want to the, the Bears position too? It's not, it's not just a one way thing. Like the Bears, the Bears coaching gig isn't a fucking I don't know. It isn't like the the coolest thing there is right now. So we'll see what happens. But this team's gonna look pretty different next year. A lot of familiar faces, obviously, but it is going to look uh, different. And then nice little heartfelt um, story for you guys. The, uh, the Chicago chapter of the uh, Pro Football Writers of America have an annual award, Good Guy Award, and it kind of goes to the uh, to the Bears players who exemplify cooperation and professionalism with the local media. They renamed it to the Jeff Dickerson Good Guy Award. And, you know, after he had uh, passed away uh, last week, they renamed it to the Jeff Dickerson Good Guy Award, and the first guys to get it were Tayshawn Gibson and Robert Quinn. And, you know, Jeff Dickerson was a part of that chapter for 20 years. Um, and again, it just kind of adds to it. You know, everybody's always saying Jeff, Jeff Dickerson was a good guy. And that's basically what everybody could say. And again, another cool thing, you know, he, he, he died. Fortunately, you know, he'd left behind his 11 uh, year old son, Parker, but with a GoFundMe page donations led to $1.1 million for him. Like that's, that's awesome. That is just fucking awesome for his son. So yeah, another, a, a nice little good feel, feel good story after, after like such a shitty thing that happened. So good for Parker. Good for uh, Jeff Dickerson, good guy award and props to Tayshawn and Robert Quinn for getting that award. I do want to thank you guys for keeping up with the blogs with the crack one media site. Um, I see a lot of activity on there. I, I just want to thank you guys for, uh, Checking out the blogs. Want to shout out all the all the writers who are writing for the site. Um, thank you guys for writing. Thank you guys for checking out the blogs. Thanks for sharing. Um, and you know, continue to do so because we're going to continue bringing blogs, podcasts. Going to bring some of the writers onto the podcast, hopefully. Um, so you guys don't have to hear my fucking voice every single episode. Maybe you know somebody else will come on uh, a breath of fresh air, if you will. I guess, but yeah. So thank you guys for uh, following this, you know, following the site, following the blogs, and then follow us again, crack one media on Instagram at crack one media. And then the crack one website where you find our blogs, where you can find this podcast and then follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at, and now Rick. So yeah, thank you guys again for listening. Thank you guys for your support and go bears, go bulls, Blackhawks. Eh, whatever. (laughs) 
But that's all. That is it for me. I will see y'all next time. See ya! Welcome to the halftime show. I love to leave a nigga flatline. Yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose cool and frown down something new that they ain't used to. Like, nigga, who's you? Welcome to the halftime show. I love to leave a nigga flatline. Yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose cool and frown down on something new that they ain't used to. Them all these little screw niggas, they lame. Fuck with them, I can't. Basic mounted and strange. Vision faded and plain. I asked nigga, one really bit it was on some bitch shit. Wasn't a fan of your figure. And I only like the skinny women. Shit, I like my women plus size. No lie, that why I stress my on your butt thighs. That's fine by me. She cooks whenever I slide. Pasta burger, french fry. Sometimes I don't even eat. She fuck with my fresh. She's my fluffy, she sweat, she let me eye Kiss on her tummy, my tummy XL and fit her perfect Won't catch me lurking at all My Richard once has been saw Since her proud and so tall Those cheeks a round of applause Over and over and over again Told my homie and my parents We were only just friends At first, I couldn't let my secret out then It's getting deeper now But I don't care what others think about me Can't out of depression Have to pick up the penny Against any nigga Thick wallet chubby chasing them Benjamins now Tribe got all day to change the name so we winning again. Sound partial. Hey, welcome to the halftime show. I love to leave a nigga flatline. Yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose cool and frown down on something new that they ain't used to. Like, nigga, who's you? Welcome to the halftime show. I love to leave a nigga flatline. Yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose cool and frown down on something new that they ain't used to. Them all these little screw niggas that.